I want to share a word with you today, radically transformed by grace. Radically transformed by grace. The scripture I want to read is where Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 and 10. And he says, therefore, I am the least of the apostles, who am not fit or deserving to be called an apostle, because I once wronged and pursued and molested the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not fruitless and without effect. In fact, I worked harder than all of them, though it was not really I, but the grace of God which was with me. Let's pray over His Word. Our Father, we thank You for Your precious Word. Thank You, Lord, how we love Your Word. How we love your word. How we love your word. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you for your grace for giving us this word. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you have transformed us by your grace. May you make this word alive in our hearts today, that every heart will be receptive and ready to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Today a few words about grace. And yes, why I do it is because there are so many opinions being preached about grace and the law. And the one preacher will preach wholeheartedly about the grace of God, which is enough, and you can actually do whatever you want, the grace will cover you. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we will find another preacher preaching his heart out and saying, you need to keep the law, you need to keep the law. So what do we do? Let's look at a few words there. Grace, what does it mean? Unmerited favor, undeserved blessing, a free gift. That sounds like good news to me today. Amen. Transformation, a startling change of the form or appearance, the condition and the nature and character of a person, produced as if by magic. Wow, that sounds good. It means I don't need to remain the way I am. I could be transformed. Isn't that good news? And this is the God that we serve. He is in the business of transforming lives. He is the one that changes you, makes you a new person. Titus 2, verse 11 and 12, it says, For the grace of God has come forward for the deliverance from sin and the eternal salvation for all mankind. It has trained us to reject and renounce all ungodliness and worldly desires, to live discreet, upright, Devote spiritually whole lives in this present world. This is why the grace of God was released. To change you. To put you into a new dimension. To live a new life. A changed life. Jesus says in Matthew 5 verse 17. Do not think that I have come to do away with or undo the law of the, all the prophets. I have not come to do away with with or undo, but to complete and to fulfill them. Now, would I, you may very well ask today, am I trying to coach you back under the law? 
No, 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 not at all. For we have been saved by His grace. And you can do yourself a huge favor by just replacing the word law with the word instruction. For that is anyway what it is meant to say. And it's the grace of God that He has given us this book telling us how to live our lives successfully. Isn't it true? Because like the one song said, we have hopelessly lost the way. So many people hopelessly lose the way. We need the grace of God. This is his book. Now the problem is, we live in what the learned people call an autonomous society. Auto means self Nomos law. It means that we live in a society where each and every person decides for himself what is right and what is wrong. Isn't it true? Have you tried to teach your teenagers something recently? You would have found out how stupid you actually are because they know a lot more. Have you tried to correct someone? You would have found out the same thing. Every person decides for himself what is right and what is wrong. And that's the, this is the dilemma we find, each, we, we find ourselves in. Now, everybody decides for himself. Now, I would like to give you a demonstration just to illustrate how laughable this actually is. So you remember my story about the socks last time, a few months ago. I gave you a wonderful solution for the problem of the disappearing socks out of your wash and your laundry. And I taught you that you need to wear black socks only. <laughs> for if a sock disappears, it's so simple just to replace it with another black one lying in the cupboard already. So all the fighting with a wife is gone and over. It's just another black sock. And they're all black. They all look the same. Now, to catch up on that story, afterward I was thinking about what is happening to all these disappearing socks. Because remember I told you about that huge box we had in the laundry filled with different kinds of socks. One blue, one white, one green, one brown, but only one of a kind. So strangely enough, only one of a kind disappears. And it called for a forensic... <laughs> investigation and we looked into this matter intently and we found put up listening devices etc and we found we found that the washing or having a meeting during the week planning their escape and then the sock would pitch up and say this coming washing day is my day I feel it in my guts. This is my day. And they all chat and they look at each other and say, yeah, so how are you going to do it? You say, watch me, watch me at washing day. So now you put all the washing in the washing machine and the washing machine does it bit there and you open the door and you dig out all the washing from out the washing machine and as you open the door, you will never notice, but stick to, stuck to the side, the inside of the door, there sits a sock. That's the escapee. He's making his break. But you will not notice it. For while you're busy digging out this year, propping it into a basket here, this little sock will silently slip down 
onto the floor. And while you're busy here, the sock will slip underneath the washing machine. And it will slip away into eternity of eternities. Never to be seen again. Never to be heard of again. It's gone. Amen. That is what happens to the lost socks. Now, you may say, well, what a ridiculous story. And it's true. What a ridiculous story. But at least the children, they enjoyed it. <laughs> now, many times people interpret the Bible just as ridiculous. And sometimes you can only laugh at the way that people look at it. So, we, I want to share a few words on grace with you today. Because who and what is grace? And Jesus, He is grace personified. He is the proof of God's grace. When we sang that song, the grave could not contain the power of His name. That is grace. That is grace. For His resurrection, the life that resurrected Him, that life is indeed living in us today. That is the grace of God. So the grace of God is there to transform you radically. You don't need to remain the same. You cannot be the same. Whenever you've met with a real living Jesus, your life will change forever. You will have new power in you. You will have new passion in you. You will love Him with new passion and strength. You will run after Him. For He is the one that transformed you radically. That is His business. He gave His life. He, he, he gave us His spirit. He gave us His word. For He is the miracle worker. And like Byron here said earlier, people sitting here shackled with shackles of the past. Do you know what? I've got the best news ever for you. The good news of the gospel of Christ Jesus. He is the miracle worker. He's the one that cuts the shackles. He's the one that stood up in the synagogue and read out of Isaiah 61 and said, He would come and He will pull you out of the dungeons. He would set you free. He will break open prison doors. He will cut loose the chains around you. And He said, Today this word is fulfilled in your must. This Jesus is the Jesus that I bring to you today, the miracle worker, the one that transforms your life radically by His grace. You don't need to live shackled. Amen. I would like to share a few illustrations of people changed, radically transformed. Firstly, Paul. Now, we've read about him in 1 Corinthians, and he mentioned and he said, you know what, I'm an apostle today, but I should not even be called an, uh, an apostle because of what I have done. But he goes on and he says, but because of the grace of God, I am what I am today. And he says, you know what, I even work harder than all the other apostles, but it's even not me, it's not I, but the grace of God working in me. What is he referring to? You can read in Acts 8 where it says, 
that he was not only consenting with Stephen's stoning, but he was pleased and entirely approving, and he shamefully treated and laid waste the church with cruelty and violence, entering house after house, dragging out men and women, and committed them to prison to be executed in the most horrific horrific way. That was Paul. And then in Acts 9 we read, he had a murderous desire against the disciples. What happened to him? He was on his horse, on his way to Damascus, Tarsus, and the grace of God met him right there. And it knocked him right off his horse. What happened? His eyes were opened. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in verse 20, he immediately got up and proclaimed Jesus as the true Son of God. What happened? The grace of God didn't find him unfruitful. No, it found him fruitful. And it radically changed him. It radically transformed him from this church hater to a man that proclaims Jesus. What happened? God's grace found him at his place of need. He had zeal. He had passion. But his beliefs were so mixed up that he needed God's grace in his life. And he became radically transformed. The second person, Zacchaeus, in Luke 19, we read, Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And he was a chief tax collector. Collector. You know, by the way, I'm reading this without my glasses. <laughs> this is a miracle. <laughs> He's the healer. He is the healer. He is the healer. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive and well. You don't realize what's happening here. He's alive and well. He can heal you. Amen. The Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector. If you would only know what that means. He was rich. He was hated. He was rich because of all his bad dealings and his cheating. He was devoted to sin, says the Bible. Not exactly the profile that would fit a pastor of Jews' life. Isn't true? <laughs> so he ran ahead and he climbed up the sycamore tree. Sorry. And uh, Jesus came along and he stopped Looking up, Zacchaeus, come down, for today I need to have lunch with you. What happened? God's grace found him in a tree. God's grace found a man devoted to sin. God's grace found a man hated by the community, a man spurned, a man looked down upon, but his grace found him and he said, Zacchaeus, today is your day. And the beautiful thing is the Bible says in verse 6 that Zacchaeus welcomed him joyfully into his home. God's grace found him not in vain. I ask you today, would you receive his grace joyfully in your life today. Would you be ready? Amen. His grace is there for you and for me. In verse 8 we read, after they were having dinner or supper or whatever, Zacchaeus stood up and he solemnly declared, and he said, Lord, that which I have, uh, all my riches, half of it I would give to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, and of course he did, I would restore it fourfold. 
What happened here? This man was radically transformed by the grace of God, sitting down, having lunch with him. Would you invite Jesus to have lunch with you today? Maybe you sit here with a whole lot of stuff in, regarding your business dealings, etc., and you don't know how to get out of it. Someone came to see me a few weeks ago and said, you know, I've cheated the tax man so badly. I can't sleep at night. I don't know what to do, how I'm going to live. Maybe you've got a few things to sort out. Do you know what? This, his grace is not a license to carry on cheating. No, His grace transforms you into a new person. His grace transforms you to get up and say, Lord, I will restore. I will restore and I will stop this life. I will be transformed radically. Jesus said in verse 9, Today salvation has come for this house. He didn't use it. He didn't use it for excuses carrying on. No, no. The third one is the blind man. What a wonderful story. Blind man sitting, hearing a commotion carrying on. And he inquired, what is going on? What is going on? Now, you know, a blind man at that in those days were beggars. So they were a nuisance. You didn't want them close to you. They should not speak. They should be quiet. They should be there in the corner. Don't bother us. And, but this blind man, he was calling people, what's going on? What's going on? And they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Now you should know that the moment that he started calling Jesus, son of David, he was actually confirming the prophecies of the ages that says that Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah, will be called son of David. That's why Jesus told him later, your faith has rescued you. For he, while the other people were still wondering and thinking, who is this funny man, Jesus? He immediately identified and knew, this is my Savior. This is my healer. And they tried to quieten him. They told him, keep quiet, keep quiet. But the Bible says he shouted all the more. He shrieked all the more. Amen. Jesus, my Savior, Son of David. For he knew that his miracle was walking past. He knew that his moment of grace was passing by. And he would not let it go. He would not let it go. No, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Today, you can do the same. Don't let him go by. Don't let him pass you by. But stretch out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. This is the moment of mercy, of grace for you. And he answers and he says, what would you like me to do to receive my sight, Lord? He says, I will be healed. And immediately he jumped up, praising God, proclaiming God. His life was radically transformed by the grace of God. Radically transformed. Immediately, in John 4, we read about the Samaritan woman. So, we haven't got time. This, this is, John 4 is a, is a sermon for two days. Anyway, so in a few minutes, the Samaritans and the Jews, they were not friends, to say the least. Not at all. They were not friends. And it was the law that a man was not supposed to speak to a woman in public. It was not permitted 
And here Jesus sits at the well, resting. The disciples went to buy McDonald's, Kentucky. <laughs> Although I'm not sure that the Jews would have allowed to be, themselves to be cheated. But anyway, just a joke. <laughs> just a joke. Anyway, the disciples went to the bakery that's safer and to buy some bread and some Cokes. Now, that's also a problem. Anyway. And Jesus was sitting here at the well, and here came this woman with her jar to fetch some water. And he started talking to her. And in verse 10, he, he said, Woman, if you had only known who this is speaking to you, you would have asked him, and he would have given you life and living waters flowing out of you. I want to tell you today, if you can only recognize and know who this Jesus is standing before you today, Jesus extending a hand to you, you would ask him, and he will give you living water. He will transform your life. And they have a, a further discussion, and they discussed some stuff about worship, etc. And Jesus stopped her, sort of, and he said, go and call your husband. And she said, no, I have no husband. And now here's a different spin on this whole story all of a sudden. And Jesus said, yes, I know you have no husband. You had five. And the one that you're living with now is not your husband. If you would understand the laws of those days, you would have known that that was a lady in deep, deep trouble. That was a lady, an outcast in her community. That was a lady who would not dare lifting up her head when she walked around in the village because of the shame and the guilt of the past. Like Byron said, no, no. The shame and the guilt of the past was oppressing on her and the shackles of the sin was shackling her. But Jesus, the grace of God, walked into her life. The grace of God walked into her life. What happened? Verse 28, she left her jaw and she walked back. The moment she received the grace of God, the moment the grace of God didn't find her unfruitful, her whole mandate changed from a water fetcher to an evangelist. In a moment, in a moment, a lady who was a nobody, a lady who was spurned on, a lady who was an outcast in a moment when she received the grace of God. Her whole life changed. Her whole life was transformed radically. And she went back to her town. And the Bible says that many believed in Jesus because of what she told them. Can you imagine that? Her entering that town. <laughs> The people looking at her, so where's your water jug? Maybe you picked up another man there at the well, you know. You can imagine, she, she had quite a history. She, she had quite, you know, a few things counting against her. But the change in her life was so radical that even the people who knew her believed her new word. The people who knew who she was saw a significant change in her life, such a change, such a huge transformation that they believed her message. What grace is that? The grace of God changing immediately, transforming immediately.
So I ask you today, where does His grace find you today? Maybe in a place of unforgiveness. Maybe in a place of anger. Maybe a place of loneliness. Maybe a place of just hard soul. Maybe a place of sickness. Maybe a place where you are somewhat distant from God. I've showed you those four examples to show you that His grace will find you at your point of need, wherever you are. That's grace. His grace will find you. His grace will find you. My late son used to work for a scrap metal dealer. Now that's another story. But anyway, people always try to get more and more kilograms on the scale because they're getting paid by the weight. So they would throw in the odd little mortar or bomb that they pick up on the shooting range because it's nice and heavy and so they get paid for it. And then eventually all of this got thrown into the furnace with real exciting consequences. And this is also what happened. So this whole thing exploded, a whole commotion. And after a few weeks, my son went there again. And he was talking to one of the workers. The, work, the one worker, he told him, he said, Boss, you know what? We ran and we ran. But the bullets, they found us. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I'm telling you today, you can run and you can run. But His grace find you. Why? For there's a Savior that gave His life for you. There's a loving Father that even before creation started, decided that He will save you, that He will hunt you down, that He will send His grace after you to find you. All you need to do is that that grace should not find you unfruitful, but fruitful. You've got a grandma praying for you. You've got a papa praying for you, a mother praying for you. You've got a pastor praying for you. You can run like you want, and the enemy can tell you how many lies, and your family and your friends can tell you what a useless nobody you are. Let me tell you today, the grace of God will find you. Amen. Don't let His grace find you unfruitful. If you perhaps are just distant from God, I challenge you today. I invite you today. Just like Paul, he was full of zeal, but he was so mixed up. Did you know that in Isaiah it's written that Jesus was actually clothed with a cloak of zeal? And I want to challenge you today. How about finding the grace of God, turning you into a new person? How about becoming a God chaser? How about finding His love in your heart all over again? How about falling in love with Him all over again? How about allowing His Spirit to live in you? How about allowing His Spirit to be in, on fire in you, burning out all the rubbish, the iniquities, but set you alight for God so that people will see and realize the Spirit of God is living in you whenever you go, wherever you move, you will carry the grace of God with you. Wherever you meet with someone, they will say, the grace of God has found me today. That can be you. That can be I.
So I invite you today, call out to him, say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. For today you are presented with a choice. What will you do with the choice? In Afrikaans, we've got a good saying. We say, Ye poor poor net so on. Yeah? Uh, I, I've got no idea how to translate that. <laughs> I think it would be dangerous. <sighs> I think I would be on the red carpet tomorrow if I tried to translate that. But poor poor means you just. Yeah, no, I can't write. Yeah. <laughs> This is like purpur, you know, just like, no, 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 no. The grace of God is today presented to you. And it's inviting you and it's calling you saying, why don't you allow the grace of God to transform you radically? Wherever you are, at whatever place you are, nothing is too far for him to reach you. He will find you. His grace will find you in the deepest pit or the highest mountain, the furthest country. He will find you if you will allow him to find you. Amen. So I would like to invite you. If you want me to pray over you, let's stand, stand with me and say, Lord, today I pray that your grace will find me fruitful, that I will be transformed radically. I will be a new person. I'll be a new woman, a new man, a new creature altogether. I will pray for you. We're going to close the service. And afterwards, if you need more ministry, the pastors and the life group leaders and the shepherds, some of them will be here in front. You're welcome to come forward for more ministry. Let's pray. If you have the freedom, if you have the, the peace in your heart, stretch out your hand. See that blind man. Jesus, son of David. <laughs> have mercy on me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We stretch out to you today. Thank you, Father, our loving Father. We stretch out today. See every stretch out hand here today. Every person so valuable, so precious in your sight, Lord. Everyone, Lord. See every hand stretched out. Lord, hear every cry today. We pray, I pray, Lord, that you will release, that you will cut off the shackles, that your grace will find every person fruitful today, that you will transform every person today into a new person. Lord, that they will walk out here with new hope, with new life, full of power, full of joy, full of peace, praising God immediately, radically transformed. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.